High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Joining us on the line now for our Israel report is Zina Rakomilova, an Israel correspondent and columnist for the Jerusalem Post. Zina, good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us and welcome aboard. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, Zina. Okay, so let's uh, begin with this ongoing saga, the spike in terror attacks and uh, Iran's uh, suspected, well, yeah, suspected involvement. What is the latest regarding this since this all transpired yesterday? Tell us more. Wow. Well, you know, anybody who's been following the news, not just in the last couple of weeks, but, but since the start of 2023, um, we'll notice that not only has there been a spike, but there's been a shift in the way that um, terror attacks have sort of manifested here. Right. Um, I've been living here in Israel for the past five years, and this is the first year that I can honestly say that I feel I have to watch my back. And this is coming Whoa. from Tel Aviv, meaning like if I hear a sound, if I hear like any boom, if something looks a little off, unfortunately, there has been in the last year this feeling of unease. Um, and most of us who have moved here sort of know that, unfortunately, terrorism comes, you know, as part of the uh, package here. But the way that it's manifested here has been very disturbing. Um, sure. Like you mentioned um, in your introduction that, um, you know, in the last week we've had um, three murders um, sort of back to back. A father and son, Shai and Aviad, um, they were near a town in the Palestinian city of Huara at a gas station. Um, Huara has been a city that has been um, sort of like the place in the West Bank that's been a cause of a lot of um, terror attacks um, this past year. And so the two, the father and son were shot dead. And then um, just a a day later, um, another um, resident near Hebron um, but Sheva was killed in front of her kids in a drive-by shooting. And the footage of the attack shows that over 20 bullets were fired at her car. Wow. Um, so, you know, it has been mm. a little disturbing. And we have seen um, attacks in Tel Aviv um, as well, which was uncommon in the last couple of years um, as well. But um, the Prime Minister of Israel, um, Benjamin Netanyahu, and... Um, his defense minister, Yoav Gallant, have um, come out today and have accused Iran of orchestrating mm. um, the recent rise in terrorism. And, you know, since the start of 2023, they've said that there's been about 34 Israelis murdered in terror attacks, which, again, has been, like, unprecedented. We haven't seen these numbers um, definitely not in the time that I've been here. Um, but Netanyahu has stated, and it was echoed by Gallant, that mm. um, this is Iran. They're the ones sort of promoting, coordinating, and funding okay. these attacks. Um, yeah, and we we really see that in Janine as well. Janine has now become the terror capital of the West Bank, and it's pretty much Iran's little foothold mm-hmm. um, in the West Bank. Most of the, uh, not most of the terrors, but a good chunk of them, that have committed the attacks in the last year have been from Janine or they ran into Janine for refuge afterwards. So it's become concerning and something, you know, that's put us all a little bit on mm, ease here. Mm, mm. Let's see what subject we're going to be talking about. I guess it's just an ongoing debate given uh, these terror attacks. And of course, now, as you mentioned, the prime minister and the defense minister saying that uh, Iran is involved. Let's just see how this one is going to transpire in the future. Now, let's look at the commemoration of the Hebron massacre, which is today, correct? 
It is today, yes. And uh, in what form is this today? Well, what uh, what what uh, type of commemorations? What kind of events are taking place? I mean, it's not so much um, about events taking place, but more than anything, it's a topic that needs to be understood okay. and just because it's a bigger, bigger um, conversation about you know Jewish presence in the West Bank, um, which has been you know, a huge topic of debate in the international sphere here, um, you know, in Israel. The So for those that don't know, Hebron is the second holiest city in Judaism after Jerusalem. It is the it is home to the cave of the patriarchs and matriarchs where they believe our forefathers and mothers um, were buried. And um, in the early mornings in 1929, so it's the 94th, um, commemoration. Um, the Israelis that were living there, or rather, you know, this was before Israel existed, but the Jews that were living there were apolitical and mostly religious, meaning they thought that they were immune from any sort of harm. They believed that the rise in tensions between the Arabs and the Zionists were exclusively, you know, a problem there. You know, it had, right. had nothing to do with the local residents that were living here. You know, we're apolitical. We're not involved in this. Um, but in the early mornings of today, 67 Jews were murdered and um, the rest were um, taken out of Hebron. Um, in 1948, the entire there was not a single Jew living in Hebron. And it was an erasure of an entire um, ancient community that was living mm, there at mm, the time. So I think the bigger conversation is, is that no matter which side of the political spectrum you fall on, understanding that at the end of the day, when it comes to terrorism, anyone that's Jewish is a legitimate target, mm, mm. is something that needs to be discussed and talked about if we want to have honest conversations with how things are being manifested today. Zina, okay, so let's just uh, conclude our conversation. We don't have much more time to chat. Let's look at Isma Ben-Gavir's recent comments and how it relates to the bigger issues in Israel. Correct. So, um, again, I'm a resident in Tel Aviv. He is probably the most unpopular person here. Um, He came under heavy fire for making, um, you know, what what I consider racist comments where, you know, when he was asked about terrorism and he was on the news debating about um, the recent spike and his inability to handle it as the security minister, he made a comment that says, my right and my the right of my wife and my children to move across mm. the West Bank outweighs the freedom of movement of Arabs. And then he continued to say sorry, Muhammad, to the to the person who was debating him. Um, and it's a huge problem because it sort of is um, it showcases the ultranationalist rhetoric that um, has sort of normalized here in the last year, I would sure. say, since the start of the government. And it has allowed extremists to come out of the woodwork and think that they can get away with it because, you know, we have a politician that makes these types of comments. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important for us to condemn any type of language like this. Right. Um, Like in the end of the day, you know, we are a democracy and it's Mm -hmm. important that, you know, we that nobody feels that this is an Arab versus Jew issue, at least on our end. Mm hmm. Hi, Zena. Are you there? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Zina, you just that uh, we've just been having a few gremlins in our studio as of late. I just thought now that we'd cut off there, but it actually is perfect timing in the sense that we've got to leave it there, Zina. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon to just give us some background and an update as to what's happening in Israel at the moment. Our Israel report today coming from Zina Rakamilova, Israel correspondent and columnist for the Jerusalem Post.